0: Hello, Maita. What's up?
1: Hey, Gautam. Nice to hear from you again. Such an honor to be on this, this project and a podcast of yours.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, let's uh, let's uh, do pleasantries like we just haven't talked. Like, you know, <laughs> but uh, but uh, so nice to talk to you. And, you know, um, um, it's, been, uh, uh, it's been a while, I think, since we caught up. And uh, this is like a perfect opportunity for us to, you know, catch up. Talk about some of the talk about the last uh, incredible uh, uh, almost two years that uh, we've had. I Can't and, believe know,
1: it's been already two years almost. It's, years. it's already
0: been two years, yeah. Absolutely. So, but uh, but a great opportunity for us. So I think you know uh, shoot the shit about some of the things that we've <laughs> <laughs> experienced over the last two years. And uh, and yeah, uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to this talk. But uh, but uh, you know, just before we start, uh, I'd love it if you could do like a a quick introduction. You know. Uh, so, you know, like the uh, classic, interview question. <laughs> classic interview question. Uh, so tell me about yourself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, <laughs> sorry. Um, so um, I'm Margarita, and half the world knows me as Maida, and I did that on purpose to confuse <laughs> to be that interesting. <laughs> um, no, um, but yeah, I'm obviously, as you know, I'm, I'm from the Philippines, and I studied in the U.S. and did a little bit of um, work in Ghana, Indonesia, and now I'm here in Spain. Uh, and yeah, I just co-founded a startup that um, I guess I have to clarify based on this beautiful cover page of yours. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, we uh, take the byproduct of breweries and repurpose it as a raw material to produce fresh mushrooms because we believe, I believe that um, in the uh, the saying that of Doug McMaster, who's a chef at Zero Waste, that waste is just a failure of imagination. So we're following the principles of circular economy and making cool things out of mushrooms.
0: Awesome. Great, great introduction. I give that a solid 9.5 on 10. <laughs>
1: things and We can talk about points of improvement later.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll give you. I'll give you my feedback notes. Uh, <laughs> well, but uh, but uh, I did. I did snoop around your LinkedIn before we. Uh, before we, we got on the call, so uh, I did see that you you were uh, you did your education abroad, mm-hmm. and uh, I'd love to you know get get your perspective on that. So did you go directly from the Philippines over there? Did you live there a little while before you did that, or mm-hmm. what was that like?
1: Well, no, I mean, I was born and raised um, in the Philippines and lived there till I was 18. And, you know, I'm the youngest of of, of four siblings and everyone kind of went to the same university. And I was just picturing my life. I could already picture my life in that university. I knew exactly where I would be living and what course I would be taking. And I just didn't want a predictable life. So um, I wanted to see... A bigger world out there I left at 18 um, and I studied international affairs in Northeastern University in Boston mm-hmm. um, with no plans other than to study something that I wouldn't be able to find in the Philippines and it really kind of took me on this path of uh, just continuous exploring and continuously learning so so it's been great like it, it, I was the first and I think having been able to do that I've been able to share that experience with others and kind of encourage them to also step out of their comfort zone to try new things. I absolutely advocate for studying abroad or spending time away from where you're from to really get to know yourself, to get to know your values and to kind of test the waters of who you are and who you want to be and and find find yourself, so yeah.
0: Uh, You know, on a quick side note, what is it with uh, people who study international affairs and starting startups?
1: (laughs) Because, I did listen to your last podcast. Yeah,
0: because what what's what are they teaching you there that all of you feel <laughs> the immediate need to quit everything and start your own thing? What what is this curriculum? That I we mean, I'm telling you, don't have access. to <laughs>
1: I'm telling you, like I, I had, n- I never planned to be an entrepreneur. Never planned to take my MBA. Like none of this, none of this is was <laughs> planned. Or <laughs> if I told myself ten years ago that I was gonna be founding a side of, I might have, I don't know, studied a little more agriculture or food <laughs> or something. But, but no, this, this all came with with walking, walking the journey of life with you know being so open. I think that's what international affairs international relations people have, is that unlike maybe technical degrees, we kind of know that um, getting into a social science and humanities course is a way of understanding the world. It's not a way of defining a path.
0: You've so, just uh, you've just successfully called every engineer out there an idiot. <laughs> But
1: uh, <laughs> We all have our parts and to play in this <laughs> one.
0: But well, thank you for that. It's I'm an. Enge- I'll let you know. I'm an engineer. Before we proceed, <laughs> we can imagine I- how the rest of this conversation. Is
1: <laughs> it's a dance, Gotham. I mean, look. We look at it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way the world should be. You know why? Why be all the same kind of person, right?
0: So. All right, perfect. But but uh, but to quickly get back to something you just said, I I, I completely agree with you in terms of. Uh, um, you know, uh, studying abroad, studying in a new environment because mm-hmm. more often than not, and you would have seen this as well, right? Coming from Asian countries, it's very easy for people to have a, a, a comfort zone or a comfort
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: radius that they define. Okay, I will go study in this town, which is close by. I can come with it. I can, I can do those things. My friends are going to be around. Mm-hmm. I'll, versus uh, deciding to take that tremendous leap and just completely abandoning all forms of comfort and going completely out there. I had I had the opportunity to do that from, uh, you know, studying, doing my do, doing my schooling in Dubai and then coming to India to do my uh, undergrad. Wow. Yeah, And that's uh, awesome. And, and I completely agree with you on that, you know? I mean, uh, just having that, uh, just removing yourself from that, forcing you to com- confront so many things that you wouldn't have thought possible, right? Mm-hmm. Now you've got to fend for yourself. There's no longer... In a sense, yeah, you are fending for yourself, right? At the end of yeah, it. Yeah,
1: basically. And at the end of the day, you know, it, you you grow up with these these values that are, um, I guess, taught to you, which is, which is great. I mean, like, that's, that's what makes the world beautiful is that uh, we all, we're a mix of cultures and values and, and experiences, but then you go out and you, you realize like what, why those values resonate with you. You know, I, I said, okay, like, I'm, I'm very Catholic for instance, and grew up Catholic, go to mass every Sunday and things. And I go to Boston and I have, freedom i guess um but i said you know something's missing in my life and i started going to mass and now i have an appreciation for it that's different you know it's 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 my choice and it's um i know why i believe in it and i guess living abroad gives you that chance to discover that about yourself
0: absolutely so uh quickly before we you know jump to the the nba part of it i want to quickly if you know yeah, uh, I saw like something really interesting about your work experience is that you've done uh, a significant amount of volunteer work mm-hmm. and uh, I think that's fantastic. I've, I've done, I've done some as well. And uh, uh, I wanted to get your perspective on, you know, what was your motivation to actually uh, devote your time to doing, doing that itself?
1: Right. Um, well, as you know, I mean, the Philippines is, is a beautiful country, but it's um, plagued with, with wealth inequality, like a big gap between those who have so much and those who don't have a lot, and um, a lot of people in the middle, and it's just it was it was surreal to live such a comfortable life with my family and be so blessed, and then I go outside of not even maybe twenty kilometers, and and you see it, you see uh, you see the effects of um, corruption and and poverty, and and so I just felt like I was given much to be able to give not to just focus on myself and make myself successful and yeah. i mean that was that just started in school when they would have these once a year like okay you go spend some time with the community and you i don't know you're teaching you teach or you build houses and things and that was just part of my life and then i just kind of sought it wherever i went um and it's just it just brings me back to um yeah i I don't know like it just it when you're not so focused on yourself like when i'm not so focused on my career and things like i realize like i'm just happier person when i'm not so focused on myself because i i know that life will i'll figure it out but um and i'm just a happier person when i'm like volunteering thinking it bothers and life just works out on its own for me so, so yeah
0: yeah i i, I couldn 't agree more on uh, on that perspective like we are we are people of privilege right we have the ability to pursue education do things that uh, that a lot of people out there don 't have access to and i uh, i couldn 't agree more on that uh, on the fact that it lends so much perspective to uh, you know just how much we are capable of doing and giving back, but we have to make a make make such an effort to do it and and one of the things that i think is essential with uh volunteer work or not essential but i one of the things that i think should be essential for everyone is to have kids uh have it mandatory in schooling to have volunteer work as a mandatory aspect of your schooling Mm -hmm. itself
1: yeah i mean i i had that like i had that growing up and i'm very grateful for it and but the thing is, like, it's not just about what we give, but what we get from it, you know? Like, uh, being with these kids who find happiness in in just small things, in paper airplanes, and yeah. it really just gave me a perspective of life, right? I mean, these these kids found it. These kids found the secret to life and to happiness, and and I've learned so much from that. I love teaching kids. That's probably my favorite kind of volunteer work, right. um, just because they kind of remind me <laughs> of of life that should be filled with creativity and imagination and, and just appreciation for, for the small things.
0: Absolutely. I couldn't, um, I couldn't agree more. I mean, uh, I've, I've, it, I I haven't done it as extensively as you have, Mm -hmm. but, uh, but uh, the times that I did volunteer, it has been so enriching and I've had so many great stories to tell of it. And, uh, and yeah, you'll have many more. Hopefully. Yeah. That's the, that's the dream. That's the, that's a dream that I'm able, a, one day at a position where I can uh, do something a lot more substantial, but, uh, right. but uh, yeah, we'll, uh, you know, when that happens, we'll get on another podcast. and We'll talk about, <laughs> we'll talk about that, that aspect of it. I was
1: uh, about to ask how much time do we have here? <laughs> <laughs> but,
0: uh, but coming to our shared experience itself, uh, right. we both did the MBA in IE business school. Let's do a shameless marketing plug. <laughs> for the top, the top, top business schools. schools. There's been some great ranking news that's come out. <laughs> so anyone who's listening and th- is considering IE, go for it. Go for it. Uh, uh, but off the bat, you know, uh, I've been, so I'm going to ask you something that I've asked a lot of the, a uh, lot of the folks who did the MBA with us, I've, I've, who mm-hmm. have been on the podcast, I've asked them this. And even not just on the podcast offline as well. Uh, what were your expectations, you know, before you came in? What were you, uh, what, what do you think IE was going to be like or this whole experience was going to be like?
1: <laughs> I laughed because the funny thing is, when I thought you would ask me about this question, my answer is I came with no expectations. Like this was the first thing that I've done in my life that I just went for it because I you know, came from a nonprofit background and I was doing corporate social responsibility and I wanted to understand the business perspective, like how businesses think and evaluate their strategies and how they channel that into corporate social responsibility or social development um, initiatives. Um, And that was it. I did a very menial, like, search for MBA, MBA sustainability, like anything that came out that resonated with me. And I came up and I don't know, like, I guess what's great about business school is it's not like college where everyone kind of is following a path like everyone is there at 18 years old and you're all going through the same process no you come into an MBA as a choice and at in a certain part of your life and you're with people that have also made that choice and so I don't know I really had I really didn't have a lot of expectations I came to learn and I think that's what made me enjoy the experience so much that Everything was yes, you know, join a start join a startup club, yes, <laughs> be part of the coordinated marketing club, yes alumni ambassador, yes, graduation speaker, yes, like I just said yes to everything because I didn't have like something that specifically I wanted to get out of it, and I got mm-hmm. so much more because of that, you know
0: absolutely more I, I could, could ever you I mean um and I find that uh, my approach was very similar when I before I came, I had like my expectations were all over the place, to be honest. <laughs> one thing, one thing was I was expecting a very formal environment, which, which was <laughs> I mean, which was there <laughs> in bits. But uh, let's face it, I mean, that was I, it is a very unique school when it comes to that. <laughs> and uh, another thing that I was, another thing is also no, I didn't have like this complete uh, uh, path set out for me either. I also knew I had a few vague goals that I knew I, I wanted to hit over the course of the year, mm-hmm. and it was just I was just. Exploring, seeing what comes, and uh, frankly i find uh, I find this approach the the ones we the one you and I have just discussed is is perhaps the best one you know
1: right because i mean that's that's what life is right i mean i've tried the or i mean i guess in my quote unquote past life, but um you know when I was in college, I was very uh intentional with Mm -hmm. my goals you know i said i wanted to study in the states and i wanted to go to this school because this school offered an internship program that could get me a job and bam 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 you know like i i strived for top grades um and i got them but i said no to a lot of things along the way because i had my goal in mind right and the thing is i achieved everything that I, i had wanted to achieve but then i reached a point of realizing Okay, now what? <laughs> and and then I realized that you know we we limit ourselves by 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 our imagination of what will bring us happiness and what and uh, what is success and and then when we get it 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 it's a fleeting thing and so I prefer to take life as uh, by the day and whatever it comes to give me and I learn and I'll grow and. And then things have just been falling into place. So, um, yeah, I super um, advocate for this life of just following.
0: Just, just winging it.
1: <laughs> Not necessarily winging it. Just but, wing. You know, trusting trusting yourself and like putting yourself out there.
0: That's, trusting. again, a fancy way of saying winging it. <laughs> no, nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. I don't want to shit on that because I, I'm, I'm a firm believer of that as well.
1: Uh, but <laughs> you said it not me <laughs> I'm <mean, you're laughs> <right.
0: laughs> but okay let's uh, uh, you know we're talking about the MBA we're talking about okay so quick before we move on to like the, the heart of our conversation which is going to be your startup and the experience of being an entrepreneur I want to quickly get what you think are the, the few top tips that you would give a, a prospective MBA student mm-hmm. right off the bat what should they know what should they be ready for and what should they do when they get in to an MBA program
1: Number one, wing it. <laughs> no, but really, I mean, come into it excited. You're you're in an incredible program, an incredible city with really really great people, and I think that's what IE does well. Um, they choose people from all walks of life, and and they choose people that um, I don't know. I think all have the same mindset when they come into it. So have that mindset. It's not a competition. Um, at least not that IE. Um, you know, work meet as many people as possible um don 't focus on the grades you already have the degree on your resume, so focus on what you can get out of it, which is networks and learning and challenge challenging yourself. put yourself out there um I remember i wasn 't even supposed to do the startup lab i said i'm going to do the social impact lab because i 'm a social impact career, and my i e admissions um, contact told me. You know, you're in a pretty low risk environment in a place where your only job is to learn. Why don't you try something that's outside of your comfort zone? And lo and behold, <laughs> where it brought me. Um yeah. so yeah, I mean, just just have fun and be confident, my gosh. Um, you know, say say yes to to things that are that are placed in front of you because the opportunity won't always be there. And and yeah, I'll go go out on Wednesday, <laughs> Thursday, um, because those are the memories that you'll carry, and those are the memories that you'll have when when you want to reach out to friends and stay in their houses and reminisce on good times. So
0: yeah, perfect. So coming to, coming to startup lab itself, right? Let's talk about let's talk about that uh, mm-hmm. that those few weeks and how how your startup Mamu was born out of that uh out of that that whole stretch so sure. what was your experience like with startup lab and uh, yeah you, why don't you get into it and i'll jump in with, uh, <laughs> with how horrible it was for me <laughs>
1: <laughs> um yeah well you know what at by the time startup lab came i mean this was, this was after two semesters of having like the entrepreneurship modules and already going through the process so by this time you kind of had a better idea at least i had a better idea okay like um of the team and the idea and i was just lucky you know i marco um our mba classmate who owns a plastic manufacturing plant in lebanon and invited Antoine and I to uh, to have lunch and just started like brainstorming about how to recycle plastic and what it could do. And we just had like a three-hour lunch <laughs> on, on just ideas and recycling and all these things. And I just knew, you know, like it, it was just such a gut feeling, such a good gut feeling. And I think people underestimate that, you know, people form teams because because they're all the same expertise or they're all from the same country or they all you know they're the best of the class but honestly we formed our team and later on with vince and pablo and alex we are are the most diverse people (laughs) ever but we formed it because we loved the idea we were just honestly really excited about um an idea that that tackled a real social and environmental issue that we could all connect with them and being from six different countries you know right. um so mamu uh, started as plastics um you know collecting plastic bottles and trying to make it into recycled plastic but as the first two weeks and startup lab is only five weeks imagine like the first two weeks of uh, talking to companies, asking if they would buy recycled plastic, and talking to people if they would change their recycling habits—we just were just bumping walls left and right until finally someone said, "Focus on a different kind of waste. Um, try organic waste." And we did, and um, we uh, looked at breweries and wine and olive oil, but you know, breweries are the most accessible here in Madrid. So we just started going around like uh, the day that we decided we didn't even waste time making surveys or anything. We just went out and talked to breweries and said, what do you do with your byproduct?" And they said, not much, you know, the big ones have resources to sell them and send them. Which ones did you go to?
0: Any, any that we might know?
1: um we went to uh three small craft breweries around Malasania. okay uh, I, I can't exactly remember um the names but but it was great i mean we had a beer while having a conversation you can't really complain but i don't know we only had three weeks left of startup lab and we just were acting super fast and you know antoine researched what could be done with a byproduct and and we just Pitched and it went super well. And then we, um, yeah,
0: I mean, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was, a. it was actually, it was, I remember, I mean, your, your startup was, uh, was talked about quite a lot because uh, if I remember correctly, I was talking to, to Maddie, a common mm-hmm. friend of us, and she was like, yeah, Maitha has been like every week they're trying out something new. They're uh, bumping walls essentially, you know, going from idea to idea and uh, right. It's been, uh, it was quite, I think it was quite a, I mean, yeah, a, a startup lab is meant to be stressful as well, right? To uh, emulate the whole uh, experience of running your own business. No, uh, exactly.
1: And, and
0: uh, I remember her telling like, you know, these guys, and finally with this whole magic mushroom thing, suddenly it was like, wow, these guys <laughs> from, from, from from like nowhere, you have this one powerhouse of an <laughs> idea that's come out. And I thought it was incredible. It was, uh, it was uh, fascinating to see, you know, that uh, that ex- and I think, and that emulates a lot of what real world is like, right? I mean, you have you have so many uh, shitty ideas, and then suddenly one day it's magic. You have the <laughs> one thing that just uh, that just jumps out, and we see that we we hear those stories so much out there, right?
1: Exactly. Okay. I mean that's what i really appreciate about startup lab is that you know there's there's one thing to do it for a class project and to you know okay this week we're going to present like the surveys that we had all our classmates do which is which is fine right like i understand the intention and the format because it it really is the most realistic thing that can be done not everyone can just go run around madrid and, and stuff um but this is real life like you really do have to um find Find the opportunity and and work together. Um I think what was really crazy um about our team was that the moment we did this brewery thing, everyone suddenly was in their zone, like people we had someone who was like researching the process, and we were doing the decks. And you know, it was just it just came so naturally. And I think that's how entrepreneurship should be. It shouldn't be. I have a great solution to a problem, but this is that I don't know if it exists. No, not right, at all. Like right. the moment we confirmed that this is something that could is needed in a for the breweries, for the environment, for for vegetarian market, like all these things, it was just nonstop from there, right? But we needed that. We needed that confirmation that this is something that would make an impact. And that's the way entrepreneurship should be. It shouldn't just be great ideas um left and right.
0: I'm. I'm gonna tell you. uh, Like you know, when whenever like you have this one trajectory, there always it's the yin and yang. There has Mm -hmm. to be something that uh, is the complete opposite, right? Mm -hmm. That's that's exactly what my startup lab. is. (laughs) 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 We started off with an idea. uh, I had good teammates. I'm not gonna. I don't want to shit on them. But like, we started off with an idea. Uh, We pitched it. The first two weeks were phenomenal. We finished like (laughs) at the top of the...
1: We're doing so, so well.
0: We we were, we pitched at like the, we were finishing at like the top each time. And then we tweaked the idea a little bit because we thought, yeah, this makes sense. And then just downhill (laughs) from there. The next three weeks we lost, we had half the funding the week after. Half of that the week after. And the last week, we got zero funding. <laughs> the guys we pitched to were like, no, we do not buy this idea. We will not. We just basically we started off like on this great high. We were, we were the we work of Startup Lab. We started off on, on an excellent high. And then you just saw this crash and burn that was Incredible. You know
1: what helped us a lot was that we had a mentor, um, our mentor for Startup Lab was uh, near Hindi and I just, I really need to. Oh, I, I
0: really like him. He's uh, I, he, was, he was great. We consulted with him once and really smart guy, very blunt. Exactly.
1: Uh, and, you know, he, <laughs> I, I don't know if he ever praised us, to be honest, because the moment, the first day we met him, it was, um, we just pitched our idea and he was like asking us 500 questions, which we had no answers to. And we said, Then we had another mentor who was nicer and still asked us questions, but we were like, Yeah, I think we're going with Nier. (laughs) And even when we were winning, when we had like our first funding, I remember that day that we got our first funding for Startup App. Imagine we were the group that for two weeks were getting zero and zero, and everyone was just like laughing at us, and we got funding. Nier was like, Don't get excited. (laughs) You know, like, he's like, This is just one thing you have to keep pretending that you're not winning you know that you're not like um i think i remember hearing in a conference success is the enemy you know satisfaction is the enemy because then you stop pushing yeah
0: i couldn't couldn't agree more given my <laughs> my amazing crash and burn but uh,
1: but i mean that's the experience right like you you learn you've learned so much from that i'm so sure like even if however it ended i'm sure it was such a learning experience for you guys too
0: yeah yeah definitely definitely was um so i want to um uh, you know touch upon uh, so more than talking about mamu what i want to really talk about is you know what what it means to be an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and what that experience is like what what that journey is like and uh, to give you a little context i actually before i i came to uh, came to ie for a year i tried to run my own little uh you know uh, analytics uh, consultancy and it was mm-hmm. just me and another Friend of mine, and we another uh, like three of us, but it was I, I made a lot of mistakes. Look, in retrospect, I the way I approached it was was you know completely wrong, and I don't think I even did a very good job at pitching it or anything. But uh, but I wanna I wanna get your perspective as someone who's who's made more progress in that in, in that uh, in that sphere, mm-hmm. and and to talk basically about you know a couple of the lessons that that you would have learned along the way, and right. that you'd want potential entrepreneurs to keep in mind
1: right um well i think i mean number one as i said a while ago like at the end of the day it's it's about the idea like you really have to be passionate about it i mean you know our our team we were so diverse that we were like bumping heads all the time but at the end of the day like we've we lasted so long (laughs) a lot longer than a lot of the homogeneous teams that maybe were from the same country And, and not for anything i mean i understand that um, this isn't. We didn't last longer because we were diverse, but um, it it just helped a lot because we didn't stay together because we were all friends or anything. We stayed together because we really wanted to see so how. quick fun.
0: question there. I've heard this uh, quite a bunch of times, and uh, I've heard them say this quite a lot. Is that it's always good to have more than never have just one founder. It's always good to have a team uh, of founders versus you know one guy. Um, what's your what's your opinion? What's your take on that?
1: Uh I mean, I think, I think it depends, right? It depends on, um, I mean, we were five, uh, I think we were five and then four and, and it was great. I mean, um, but I, I've seen also a lot of people be successful as one. So I, I don't think, um, it's one or the other. I think at the end of the day, it's a lot of this, a, a lot of entrepreneurship is, um, the drive of definitely at least one person Um, and I think for us we're lucky in the sense of Antoine who figured out the you know how we could use spent grain and because it was you know he was he's an an engineer and for us who came with backgrounds of more generalist backgrounds like um, we wouldn't have been able to put that together but Antoine kind of drove that and he actually tested the process in his house, like set up an up when we were saying don't buy anything, he went ahead and bought a hydroponic tent and and just started playing around as he said. But you know, it really moved us forward and, and um that's why he was our C- CEO. Uh-huh. Um but all of us all together, I mean everyone brought in something um something different, something and we all I think what was more important is that we were willing to do whatever it took, right? Like, um, we were willing to be mushroom farmers. (laughs) And, you know, when when none of us came from marketing backgrounds, but when we needed a website and social media pages, you know, Vince, coming from a finance background, stepped up and and said, okay. And then me, I was afraid of public speaking before (laughs) going to the MBA. I kid you not. (laughs) Um, and but, you know, I I stepped up and I said, OK, like this is what we need to do and got it done. And I think that that's a big part of entrepreneurship is that you come into it. Just determined to get this idea, it doesn't matter what your background is, doesn't matter what your past experience is, just come into it with a willingness to keep going, because that's what's going to keep you going. Everyone reads about entrepreneurship. On TechCrunch and on Crunchbase and and all these things about closing seed funding, but but, I mean entrepreneurship is about the day-to-day getting up and not having a boss that's going to tell you, you have to do this for a salary. No, you don't have a salary. (laughs) It's you. It's you have to get up and say, okay, like today I'm going to mm, research the health properties of mushrooms. Okay, today I'm going to work a little bit more on the website. You Your wins are once every few months, you know, like we had a lot of big wins, but in between was a lot of encouraging each other, was a lot of happy hours to kind of step the back
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> not <different. I'm>, oh. <laughs> but you know to step back and to positive, uh, i get it i
0: get what right? you're saying i mean uh it's a it's a tough journey and there's 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 yeah, so many yeah, moments yeah. where you're just like what what am i doing what
1: you don't I'm have like... progress every day like you yeah. have progress once every few months and but somehow to get to the next one you have to keep walking and you did the camino right yeah yeah. and it's, it's a lot like that because I, I did the camino as well um a couple of years ago and and it's not like that you're walking you have no idea when you're gonna get to the next one but yeah. you have to keep walking and and that's what the startup is like and and you sometimes you have to encourage each other you have to pause and encourage each other you have to uh, support each other and and figure out what everyone needs and and how you're gonna yeah
0: it's a, it's a, it's a big, it's a big, I mean, yeah, I I get what you're saying. That journey is uh, journey. <laughs> <extremely>, <laughs> uh, so, um, a couple of things there, like, do you, in terms of, uh, networking as an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. right. Uh, so what's that been like for you guys at Mamu? Have you, uh, have you actively, uh, you know, looked out for someone like, like in terms of like going towards, working your way towards investment, there's obviously no way that someone's just going to invest right off the, I mean, there are are obviously startups out there who get like an immediate bunch of seed funding from an external party, from an angel investor. Mm -hmm. But uh, how do you work towards making your product uh, a viable option for someone to invest in?
1: You know, it's incredible. Like, I'm glad you brought this up because, you know, in IE, and one of the things we're really grateful for was that, you know, they, we had everything else accessible we had the professors and we had the experts and the mentors everyone was just around us but when we did this full-time in January we just looked at each other like where do we start you know we don't have we don't have a mentor we don't we don't know who we don't have contacts we don't know who to reach out to um and so we started from scratch like I i started researching um grants to 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 get funding i mean we said okay we need funding so we start researching grants and then through grants you meet people and then that's where we found our mentor um that's where we found our startup advisor um felipe hernandez who was just incredible like he met us um through through a grant but that we didn't get but he stayed on with us until they uh, uh, until now and and he just kept meeting with us and kept providing us advice and and you know when when you're honest about what you are trying to do and you know people can see that you're genuine um, then people are more than happy to help you and and this happened we reached out to so many kinds of um, institutes uh Luxembourg Institute of Health we reached out to other startup founders we reached out to investors we've we've spoken to more than I don't know five hundred people maybe in the past few months just by reaching out to them on LinkedIn joining programs I mean you have to make that initiative um, and then we got that that grant from Eit food mm-hmm. um, and they've been fantastic I mean they're their mentors they're they're people from different industries and you reach out to them they they connect you to more people so it, it's really such an incredible ecosystem of um support first for entrepreneurs out there um, but you have to put yourself out there you have to be brave and not be afraid of rejection not be tired of talking not be um you know uh, shy about what you don't know i think that's the most important thing like
0: Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't be a cocky.
1: Exactly. And you know, (laughs) you know, the four of us were not mushroom farmers. Like, (laughs) so there was so much we didn't know. And I think help is there if you ask. And I think that's what people need to know. Like if you're excited about idea, like ask for help and one step is always going to lead to another. It's like a domino effect. Like I'm been great.
0: But, you know, this brings up a very, very interesting question. This is probably something that we'll disagree on. But uh, (laughs) do you think... uh, I'm
1: excited.
0: Do you think being an entrepreneur can be a side gig? Mm. Just say it. Say no. Just say no. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Because I I think yes. I think you have to be really smart. Uh, Let me me maybe tell you what I think first. And then we we take it from there. But... uh, why I think so is I think so. Yeah, there obviously there's like so much out there. So many people out there telling you that you know you want to really start something. You wanna you wanna get out there. You need to like commit 100% and do it. Now, some people can afford to do that. right? Mm-hmm. Some people have the say monetary uh, backing or just have balls of steel and can quit <laughs> quit everything, live in a tent but get their shit done. And yeah, yeah. I, and I respect that. And I, it takes a whole different kind of uh, uh, perseverance to, to do that. But where I'm coming from is, uh, what I, what I'm a side believer, uh, no, I'm a, not side believer, sorry. Uh, a strong believer in is having a side hustle always. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, and I've been doing that for the last, uh, uh like, uh, I started that, uh, that uh, consultancy it didn't work out, but I kept taking up freelance projects. I kept taking, kept putting myself out there, looking up for more, small little projects that I could constantly take
1: mm-hmm. because I'm,
0: I'm a, firm believer that you need to have a side hustle. If your mm-hmm. entire focus and your entire, all your eggs are in one basket, uh, you're going to get tired of carrying that basket. You know? right, 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 right. You want, no. you want some variety, you want to you wanna do. And why can't, uh, if, you, if you're smart enough about it, mm-hmm. if you're smart enough in the way you structure your side hustle, uh, you, you can put all your resources together. You're extremely streamlined. That's what you got to do. Those are the things that you got to make sure mm-hmm. that you're doing. But eventually, if it starts picking up, you know that you could, you're, you've set it up in a way that you could just jump in and that your side hustle might eventually become your main hustle. Mm -hmm. So that's my perspective, but I want to get what your opinion is about, about being an entrepreneur (laughs) as a side gig. uh,
1: Well, sorry to disappoint you, but I actually do agree with you.
0: (laughs) How dare you?
1: Is (laughs) is this even
0: a debate? (laughs)
1: I mean, I think it's better than some recent debates. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, are you alluding to a very recent? Uh, recent Not incident?
1: alluding to anything in particular. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we can talk about it. We can, okay, we'll, we'll <laughs> no. get to that later. Yes. Um,
1: yeah. No, you know what? I, I've seen people do it. So again, I don't think there's, there's a one handbook for, for, for entrepreneurship in general. I mean,
0: Do you think you could have done that with Mamu?
1: Um, the thing is, uh, yes, probably to a sense, but I'm a kind i'm the, I'm the kind of person that when i I put two hundred percent focus on something, right? Like, and my work I've always given everything and because I've been passionate about it, right? right? Um, so if you but I know people that, you know, have a job because it's a job, you know, they they're not crazy about it. It's not something that's extremely challenging or depends so much of them, things like that. Um, and then they have a more passionate side hobby, side side interest, side hustle, as you said. Um, you know, they can do their day job and finish it at um, six p m required and then they'll they'll explore something else, and that's totally fine too so in that sense you know for me i we i mean we graduated um and we hadn't really had time to <laughs> look for jobs because we were so, so busy with venture day like we we have come so far with with mamo up until the very end until right before graduation that you know most of us um we we didn't do a lot of applications and because we were fully delicate dedicated into MAMO and that's how we moved forward and that's how we thought that we would need to move forward and that's how we did. You know? Uh-huh. Um, I think of course it could have been possible. It might have moved a little slower. Um the thing about MAMO I think is there was it wasn't a hobby that or something that we already knew a lot about that you know, we could just dabble on the side. We we needed to learn so much. We were starting a business, learning about the technical process, raising funds, finding, building a network. You know, there was just all these things um, that just needed full time attention. And even if it wouldn't either be fair to Mamu, like personally for me, it wouldn't be fair to either Mamu or my new job post MBA if if I split that attention into both because I'm starting a new job is already demanding a lot of time and starting a new business is (laughs) equally demanding. And I would just be 50, 50 in both. And that just didn't seem like it was worth
0: it.
1: Yeah. Fair, fair to myself or to others. Like I wouldn't get anything out of either. So I just thought, you know, give hundred percent to this and you know, if I start um, a full-time job and decide to, you know, dabble a little bit on something, then then yeah, it's definitely possible. I agree.
0: Perfect. So, what this is going to be a more philosophical question, but I think it's a, it'll be a perfect way for us to round up our conversation, and that would be what do you think is going to be your legacy? Oof, it's a big one, huh? <laughs> Real big one. <laughs> Take your time.
1: Thank you, thank Try you. Try not to cry. But... <laughs> um, you know, I just I want to be um, remembered, I guess. As, um, because that's what legacy is (laughs) what you're remembered for um that's someone that just took a legal faith you know like and, and gave everything um gave everything in in whatever came across my path you know I just never um that fear uh, faith over fear you know like that that's that's my motto that you know it. I could look at this as something scary or something super exciting and that'll it may not work out but but it's it's what's in front of me right now right so someone that completely lived in the present and um, took as much advantage of it because we we don't know if we have tomorrow else, right so um, that's
0: absolutely and I mean what what more could you wish to be remembered for and then something has yeah, yeah. something something like that, so just want to thank you for having this conversation with me it 's been fantastic to talk <laughs> about talk about a few of these things uh, to all potential investors and recruiters out there, please reach out to maitha she's, <laughs> she's awesome she 's been very well loved across the. <laughs> across the MBA and not just with the students, with the staff, with the everyone. So please, <laughs> thank, you. Uh, thank you so much. Maitha, stay on. I'm going to stop the recording, but stay on so I can say goodbye to you. Goodbye to you probably.
1: Okay, thank you so much. Um, and please continue to say yes to, to Gotham if you're listening, if he reaches out to you randomly. for <laughs> I <laughs> promise it's going to be an experience. <laughs> and I know this is an absolute pleasure, Gotham. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Maitha.